0: If the retrograde energies have had you a little bit messed up or maybe a lot messed up, that's okay. This new moon brings a light at the end of the tunnel and we're going to talk about why and it's important to know that this is the last new moon. This moon cycle with this new moon in Leo, an upcoming full moon in sidereal Pisces is the last New and full moons before eclipse season, so technically the next full moon marks the beginning of eclipse season. And this is, so there's a lot of other astrological stuff happening that might be sort of affecting your life in a big way more than any individual moon cycle typically does and so we'll talk about the greater context of what is going on astrologically on this episode as always along with yoga practices and journal prompts for this specific new moon in Leo because that's what a yogi scope is welcome to the yogi scopes podcast I'm your host Rosemary Holbrook and yogi scopes are yoga practices for the astrological weather or horoscopes for yogis because if you are a yogi, you love practicing yoga, maybe even teach yoga, and you like astrology and want to incorporate the two together as the wonderful spiritual practices, spiritual and holistic practices that they both are, I think strongly that you should be using Vedic astrology, which is what we use here on the podcast. So if you're new to that, if you're brand new to Vedic astrology, Um, maybe you just like yoga and astrology and you didn't know before this moment that there was more than just one monolith of astrology. Welcome. If you already knew that, welcome back. Um, but as always, if you want to grab your Vedic birth chart, because Vedic astrology uses the sidereal zodiac, which is more astronomically accurate than the tropical zodiac, which is what Western astrology, or if you're in a Western country, what most people just call astrology uses, right? So It's more astronomically accurate, there are different techniques, so not only does it use a different zodiac, but there are different interpretation techniques, Um, so the charts will look different too. And I find that most of the time when people first look at their Vedic birth chart, or any birth chart in general, but especially a Vedic chart, even if you're familiar with the circle charts, the Western charts, people look at them and they're like, what? Like, what is this foreign language? So I've made a free resource for that on my website. It pops up when you go to yogiscopes.com slash chart or you can get it right below where you calculate your chart for free. Um, so that's a good place to start because it's gonna be important to know, um, as I've been talking about, like if you listen to the Mercury retrograde episode, where the Aquarius and Leo axis falls on your chart, like what houses those two signs are in for you and that's what the, the birth chart decoder will help you interpret. Um, and then also we wanna know where the Pisces and Virgo axis is falling for you because that's um, there's getting ready to be some big shifts related to Pisces and Virgo. And so whether or not you are a Pisces or a Virgo or if you have any placements in those signs, this is going to be impacting you because everybody has all the signs somewhere in their birth chart. That's kind of how it works. So let's talk about the new moon But it just, as always for me, feels hard to talk about anything without talking about everything. I'm a good rambler. But um, this new moon is happening, as you may know, in the same sign, the same nakshatra where Mercury has been retrograding. And so I just paused the recording because I went to look up something that's important to know, which is the exact dates of when Mercury was combust. I knew it was sometime around now. Mercury is no longer combust. So let's talk about what that means. Mercury is, or any planet is combust when they get within a certain degree of the sun. And so what that means is basically that planet will struggle a little bit more with its expression because the sun being the, um, you know, of the whole zodiac, right? Like, so it's the the souls planet the Sun likes to shine can you think of it as like the king of the zodiac if you will um, Of all the planets, right? The Sun can kind of be overbearing for other planets when they get close to it according to um, Vedic astrology and so When any planet is combust it has a harder time expressing its um, Whatever it wants to express which we know for mercury is communication so um, communication, travel, these kind of things. So Mercury was combust between August 30th and September 13th. And so these two weeks, so Mercury retrogrades are always pretty challenging, always pretty noticeable. I covered that more in depth on the Mercury retrograde special episode um, if you want to know like why astrologically and, and what those challenges might have been more specifically. But the combust period is where... Um, things really heat up if you will like if you were experiencing challenges related to uh, the retrograde they there's a potential that they got worse or sort of like came to a head in some way during those couple weeks or like you just found it extra hard like tech wise tech challenge wise or like communication wise during those couple weeks things might have gotten extra hard heated up a little bit right and then now as, as of yesterday, Mercury is no longer combust, so that start, sort of starts to ease the energy. And then tomorrow, Mercury, which is September 15th, Mercury will go direct right after we're having this new moon in Leo. Specifically, this new moon is in Uttara Falguni, which is Mercury was retrograding through Uttara and Purva Falguni. And I described more about those nakshatras on the Mercury retrograde episode, but what's important to know for this new moon is that it will be a time to sort of step forward in a new way, hopefully rejuvenated after slowing down a little bit, taking some time to address what needed to be addressed related to Leo in general. So the, the significations of Leo in general, in a collective sense are like your self-expression, creativity, romance. Um, and then, so we also had, um, Venus retrograded through Leo recently, which Venus spent most of her retrograde in Cancer, but the retrograde of Venus did begin in Leo back in July. So um, this is something that's been going on for all year, really. That The Aquarius and Leo axis has been challenged. Maybe you've been experiencing um, challenges related to the areas of life that those houses. So you'll grab the birth chart decoder You'll figure out what houses. It will help you figure out which houses uh, those signs are in for you. And then you can spend some time with Dr. Google. Or you can grab the Birth Chart Basics mini course. You can find it if you go to yogiscopes.com slash offerings to get more in-depth. Like, if you want to learn how to understand for yourself what areas of life are being impacted by transits, that's what the course is designed for. But you can always grab the decoder for free and Google, like, what does the fourth house represent? And then it just takes longer that way, right? So you probably know though, because Saturn has been in Aquarius since January and Saturn has been retrograding in Aquarius since June. And Aquarius and Leo form an axis, meaning the areas of life that they govern in your chart are probably like to some degree always at odds with each other, always like forming this symbiotic duo, like if you think 4th and 10th house um, would be an axis, and 4th house is home, 10th house is career, this is sort of the easiest one to see, like work-life balance is something that's on people's minds all the time, and that's an axis in astrology, there are seven of them, I suppose, six of them, I suppose, six different axes, right, Um, and so this, this axis has been Challenged to say the least, all year, and then some of those challenges have probably been heating up since July when Venus began her retrograde in Leo. That's when we started, and actually, even before that, when Mars was in Leo, when Mars moved into Leo, Venus moved into Leo, we've been talking about this sort of like all summer. And whatever area of your life, wherever Leo is, whatever house that's in for you, has probably been challenged most of the year, but especially for the last couple months, right? And so this new moon presents a good time to step forward refreshed and rejuvenated after you've hopefully dealt with challenges that came up. Because like I was saying, this is the light at the end of the tunnel of those challenges because Venus is now direct. Venus will soon be moving through those places where she retrograded, which like I said, Venus spent most of the retrograde in Cancer. But Did start off in Leo and Mercury will be direct tomorrow. So there's just all these reasons Mercury is no longer combust that um, the Leo area of your chart might be seeing fewer challenges, still not completely gone away and won't be for until 2025 because that's how long Saturn will be in Aquarius directly aspecting the sign of Leo. So directly impacting whatever area of your life where that sign is for you. And so just in general, um, let's talk about how you can leverage the astrology at this new moon to sort of be more intentional and make the most of whatever challenges you're facing. So at a new moon in Leo in general, it's a good time to consider um, some of the Leo in general considerations, like I was mentioning your self-expression, like what do you take pride in about yourself? Like we all, um, have an ego, right? We all do like an ego in the sense of like a sense of self. Like you can't exist in this world as a human being without a sense of self. And so what in your sense of self really makes you feel that creative spark, makes you like light up with the romance of life, whether this is like actual romance with another person, if you're like a hopeless romantic, what in your life sparks that creativity? This is also deeply related to inner child work, so this consideration of like, when you were a kid, before the weights of the world were on your shoulders, what did you love? What, light, what lit you up? What ignited that spark within you? And so maybe somewhere along, maybe you've been following that ever since or maybe somewhere along the way that was kind of squashed out by like reality or bills or whatever, you know, um, or adults even when you were a child. So can you tap into that now and bring a sense of that, bring a sense of what sparks that sort of unbridled creativity and romance for life um, within you? And so this new moon is a good time to consider that in general, like what kind of work could you do that you would take pride in? And so Leo also has connection to lineage. And so that's like the lion, the the king of the jungle, this royalty um, aspect, which is a little bit more prominent in the early nakshatra of Leo, which is Magha, which is not where this new moon is, not where Mercury retrograde, but it is where venus retrograded earlier so these all all of these themes are prominent or things that you could work with at this new moon and so um that's leo in general is like the the sort of inner child work lineage healing work um that needs to be done to ignite this spark of creativity and self-expression and work that you can take pride in like how do you want to show up in the world is something to consider at this new moon. And then to take the interpretation a level deeper, we want to look at the nakshatra where the new moon is happening, which is Uttara Falguni. And so as I sort of alluded to earlier, there's two Falgunis, nakshatras, there's Uttara Falguni and Purva Falguni. And so um, Purva Falguni is like the earlier red ones. So Purva's like earlier, utaras like later. You can think of it that way. Like they're always a pair. There's three sets of utaras and Purva's. There's the Falguni's, there's the Vajrapadas, and the Ashada's. And so that's not like really that important, but just like FYI, fun fact. Um, so Uttara Falguni being the latter of the two Um it's symbolized by the rear legs of a bed. So both of the Falguni's are symbolized by a bed, and Perva Falguni is like the the front legs of the bed, and Uttara Falguni is like the rear legs of the bed. And so with that, both of the Falguni's, where Mercury has been retrograding and where this new moon is happening, um, have connections to rest and rejuvenation. So. With that said, I actually like meant to say this way earlier in the episode. Sorry for not putting out a podcast episode last week, but I took a vacation. And I so I took a vacation for like Labor Day weekend, which is the first weekend in September here in the US. Um it's a long weekend and it's just an easy time to connect with family because everybody has a day off. So, um we planned our family vacation for that weekend so that we could have, you know, maximize the time. And it was also so right after the full moon in Aquarius, Um, And then we had Labor Day, and I took a vacation. And so, this is what Mercury retrograde. I feel like last week when I got back, I just was like still on the vacation train. I was like, I need more rest and rejuvenation. I was like, just not, it just didn't happen putting out a podcast episode last week, which I feel bad about. But also, I wanted to share that to say, um, you know, I'm a person, it's only me here, you know. So, I took. It was a short week. I had some stuff going on with my kids' childcare. And so it's just all these like mercury retrograde type things. I share that to say, um, if you felt some of that last week, I hope you were able to give yourself the same kind of gentleness and the same kind of like, you know, the stars are aligning for resting and rejuvenating right now and not really worrying about. Because I tend to like make myself feel really bad when I don't get a podcast episode out. I, I like feel like I'm failing you all. I'm like, oh, they're counting on me for a podcast episode and I know that and but also I'm like y'all probably forgive me for being human and taking some time off like it was we had just finished up this cohort of astrology for yogis and I was gearing I'm gearing up now for the next launch which FYI opens to the waitlist tomorrow. More details on that coming, but um yeah, so I took a week off and like there's programming in me. That you probably experienced too. To feel bad about that. But. This mercury retrograde. Has been a good time to just. If you are not feeling it. Like if you're just like. I just can't keep going at this clip. That I've been going at for so long. And you felt some. um, Need to slow down. And find rejuvenation. I hope you leaned into that. And I hope you allowed yourself that. And if you didn't. Maybe you take some time around this new moon to do that this weekend, whatever, whatever you can fit into your life. Um, and this new moon marks a good time to take that time that you've been spending resting and rejuvenating and sort of step forward with this renewed spark. Utara Falguni is all about sort of stepping forward, having been renewed. So hopefully, sometime over the past couple weeks, or if if not, then sometime around this new moon, like within the few days around it, um, you take that time to cultivate that kama, that pleasure. So as I discussed on the Mercury Retrograde episode, um, Purva Falguni is comma uh, is the, the pleasure, is the aim of that nakshatra, and moksha is the aim of Uttara Falguni. So this whole time with um, the Mercury Retrograde in Uttara and Purva Falguni, Um, big themes around the, the sort of balance between spiritual, um, progress or spiritual liberation and pleasure is the sort of dichotomy there and, and how those things have a symbiotic relationship. Like you are meant to enjoy yourself in this human form, in this human life. But also we are not meant to mistake that enjoyment, that pleasure, that comma, for spiritual liberation so um, i described that more fully on the mercury retrograde episode and i don't want to take up too much time talking about it now but it's important to know for this new moon with it specifically being in Uttara falguni which has um connections to it's ruled by the sun it's aim is moksha it has this connection to tapping into your soul's work And with Leo being this sort of like self-expression sign, it's like, what work can you do in your human form that is an expression of your soul, which will lead to spiritual liberation, right? Um, Without forgetting that you are a human on the human plane. So um, there's this sort of balance between being a householder Versus a spiritual aesthetic, so that's the thing I think about all the time is that like all this yoga philosophy and stuff we're taking advice About how to live our householder lifestyles from people who are mostly aesthetics, and so I just want to communicate frequently often that um, You need to decide like are you gonna be a householder or are you going to be an aesthetic and if you are are choosing to be a householder, which I am because I have, you know, a one-year-old and a three-year-old and a husband and a dog and, you know, stuff. Like, uh, I have responsibilities. I can't be, like, um, in an ashram. I can't just abandon my children, you know, and so maybe you don't have kids, but maybe you have a job. I just think there's there's a big difference between the spiritual pursuit of a householder and the spiritual pursuit of somebody who uh, renounces the world, renounces the world, and lives in an ashram and takes this like um, path of not participating in you know life in the world as we know, the householder life right and so that's an important like thing to consider, especially at this new moon because of all the significations I've talked about with like the balance between kama and moksha during this mercury retrograde this idea of rest and rejuvenation, and also considering what forms of rest do you engage in, are they truly soul renewing? So sometimes, I actually shared a post on Instagram about this last week, sometimes we might have this tendency to not schedule that time for rest and rejuvenation because we're just like, we have too much to do. And so we don't take the time for rest. I'm super guilty of this. Where, and then what happens is when you don't do that, you end up getting burnt out and then you end up engaging in, uh, sort of like numbing activities like scrolling or, you know, watching dumb TV, like things that aren't really spiritually rejuvenating, but they're like mindless. And so I just noticed that in myself and I shared about it on Instagram and other people were like, hell yeah, I experienced that too. Thanks for the reminder. So, um, yeah, that's a that's a concern at this new moon is are you taking that time for something that is truly restful in the sense that it is soul rejuvenating, not just stilling your body but not doing anything to fill your heart or your soul or your spiritual cup, if you will. So Uttara Falguni has connections to all that and also this idea Being in Leo, being with all the other things we talked about so far, this idea of how are you going to do your soul's work, do that soul mission that that we all have, um, that you can kind of like decipher based on the things you've been through in life, what what struggles have you experienced, and how can you turn that into something that serves, you know, be the person you needed when you were younger kind of thing. Um, How can you do that without, you know, Uttara Falguni is all about working through those karmas. Like working through what you've been put on this earth to figure out. Without, in my opinion, and this might sound like. Because a lot of people approach spirituality with the idea. Or maybe not even on a conscious level of like the whole idea is moksha. The whole idea is like transcending like earthly stuff. Um, But like the Bhagavad Gita would tell us. It's all about Being fully involved in your earthly role and your earthly stuff without um, forgetting that spiritual connection, basically. I hope I've sort of not confused you there. I hope I've communicated this idea that at this new moon, it's a time to consider how can you rejuvenate yourself so that you can pursue this soul's work without removing yourself from the world is kind of the idea at this new moon, so... Just to sort of recap that all before we get into the yoga practices and journal prompts, the overall energies of this new moon are incorporating a preparation for returning to work after a resting period. So whether you took that time like I did during the time while Mercury was combust, um, that's really like pretty much exactly the time because August 31st was I was gearing up to go on this vacation and I didn't really... Get back into it until Monday of this week, which was September or whatever, September th- yesterday. So um, yeah, so maybe you took some resting time while Mercury was combust during that time or maybe you haven't done that and you feel a little bit guilty of doing some of that more numbing type rest or that not truly rejuvenating type rest. And so if you can at this new moon, please, please take some time to do something that truly rejuvenates your soul, truly fills your cup, so that after the new moon, you can step forward, return to your work, return to that soul's mission, having reconnected to your why. Um, and so this will involve like stepping forward out of this Venus and Mercury retrograde period out with like intentionality. Um, and so I actually, that's, that connects to a free workshop that I'm offering on Monday. It's sort of related to all of this. And I will tell you the details of that at the end. So stick around if you're interested in creative sequencing based on astrology. Like if you're a yoga teacher, this is for you. Um, if not, that's why I'm putting it at the end. So I don't have to bore you with it if it's not for you. Um, and then, so another overall energy of this. New moon is working through any emotional and or relational baggage that might impact your communication of your true self. So that has to do with that inner child work I was talking about and have been talking about since Venus went retrograde. Um, So you could go back and listen to those two episodes, the Mercury retrograde and Venus retrograde episodes um, for more on that. There's also a workshop in the membership about this specific inner child and, and generational Healing lineage healing work um, so that you can more fully communicate your true self without any of the kind of like if you if that was ever squashed in you when you were a kid. uh, It's important to do the work to feel comfortable expressing yourself and shining in that way. Um, And then it's also another overall energy of this new moon is it's a good time for spiritual growth through doing worldly work working through your karmas rather than removing yourself from the world. So how can you be fully involved while being spiritually detached? How can you maintain that connection to the divine, not forgetting that you're a divine being, having a human experience? And how can you throw all of yourself into work that you can take pride in? And hopefully the journal prompts will help you sort that out. So the yoga practices for this new moon in Sidereal Leo our solar plexus chakra work. So um, we've been kind of incorporating that since Mercury went retrograde in Leo. Um, Yeah, any kind of core strengthening, twists in your asana practice sense, solar plexus chakra, core strengthening, that kind of stuff. Um, I actually taught the class that I taught this week. Somebody told me they were experiencing heartburn as a result of the class. And I was like, that's a good indication of a solar plexus class for you. Um, if it builds that heat in that way and kind of burns off things that need to be burned off, perhaps. And then also getting your blood pumping. Plumpi- pump, uh, get your blood pumping. Vinyasas or other exercises. Um, that's actually the sequence that I will share with the sign-by-sign in the membership. Is It involves a lot of vinyasas. More than usual. I don't actually in my classes, typically teach that many. And sometimes I even teach some vinyasa classes where we might do one or even zero vinyasas in the whole class and it still is a challenging practice. But this particular new moon is a good time to just get your blood flowing because Leo rules over like the heart and the the pumping of the blood. So get your heart going to connect with Leo. Um, And then also take care of your vitality, like do some of that soul rejuvenating work. How can you um, incorporate more of that in your yoga practice? Because if you're like me, I'm guessing yoga is probably pretty soul-renewing for you. Um, And maybe, especially if you're a teacher, maybe you've gotten away from that, like class planning has kind of taken away your personal practice. Can you tap back into that um, filling your own practice cup? And then I have a chant for you that will be perfect for this New moon in Uttara Falguni, Falguni, which is the, um, so I'll just tell you the translation of it. I guess the name of it is Atma Hridaye. sorry, Mercury retrograde makes me butcher my words. And at this point I just don't edit it out. Sorry. It's just, I stumble over my words. Um, so the translation is may my life force be linked to my heart. May my heart be linked to the, to the truth within the truth that is eternal, the eternal which is unending bliss. And the chant goes like this Atma Hridaye Hridayam Mai Aham Amrite Amritam Anandam Brahmani. And that translates to so you can all type the name of it um, Or also, all of this is always in written form in the membership sign-by-sign that I share because people tell me that's easier to refer back to, to have it spoken on the podcast and then have a written thing that you can just glance at um, in the membership. So yeah, that's what this, this new moon is all about. Can you link your life force, your vital energy to your heart and connect, keep that divine channel going, your channel within yourself to the eternal the the anandam, the eternal bliss, right? Can you keep a channel open and flowing within yourself so that you can express that outwardly into the world? And I don't know about you, but every time I chant that chant, it makes me feel really connected to that. It reminds me of that um, connection to just being a channel for the divine, right, is what we're after. um, To sort of transcend our egos, but let the divine express itself more fully through like who we are as a person in this human existence right so that's the idea so your journal prompts for the new moon are what work do you take pride in what do you want to be recognized for in this life like if you could leave a legacy would what would you want that legacy to be like think less in terms of money hopefully or like a dollar amount and more in terms of like what do you want to be remembered for? What positive impact do you want to have, have made on the collective, which is this Aries and Leo or Aries, Aquarius and Leo axis, like we've been talking about? And then what is the work of your heart that connects you to the eternal? You know, what what strikes that chord within you? Or I should say your anahata, the unstruck sound within your heart that is just that channel to the divine? How can you bring more of that into your daily work? Um So that you feel like you can take pride in your contribution to the world, right? And second question, follow-up question, also related to Leo energy is, are there places you have been too proud? Maybe you've been angry or easily offended or sort of a little bit haughty, a little bit high and mighty, self-righteous about maybe a cause that you care about. Is that coming up for you? This is a more shadow side of this energy. Is there any way or places you've been centering yourself and your ego over the work or over this message that you're hopefully channeling from the divine, right? And so, finally, housekeeping announcements. I usually do these at the beginning, but I wanted to save them for the end. If you're on the waitlist for Astrology for Yogis, if you're not, you can go to yogiscopes.com slash afy waitlist and get on the wait list because there's gonna be um, about a $600 discount for folks that are on the wait list and a very special bonus that you won't want to miss out on. Enrollment begins tomorrow, September 15th. I will send the email out sometime tomorrow afternoon. I have a couple last things, um, tech things really, logistical things to kind of iron out before I can officially open enrollment. And let me tell you what, every single tech thing this week has taken me about 10 times longer than it should have. Thanks, Mercury Retrograde. That's why I don't open enrollment until after Mercury is direct. And then after a little bit, like, after the shadow period is when it opens for everybody. Because I'm hoping the folks on the wait list, like, you know something about the program. You've been hearing me talk about it. You're, like, maybe a little more interested. And you can you've maybe been listening to my podcast for longer you can kind of forgive me if there's tech challenges and I can get those worked out before I open it to the public on September 22nd. Meanwhile, whether you feel ready for this big program or not, I'm offering a free training, a free creative sequencing based on Vedic astrology masterclass. It is Monday, September 18th at noon Eastern time, so 12 PM. If you can't make it live, I will of course send a replay, but if you can make it live, it's live with me, it's on Zoom, it's not like some webinar Raw like smoke and mirrors where I'm broadcasting a live to you, like you're gonna be on Zoom with me, I'll be able to see you unless you turn your camera off. Um, you know, like we'll be in a Zoom room together, Experi- it'll be interactive, if you will, and there will be time at the end for Q&A and there's a special uh, bonus for showing up Live that um, if you sign up for the replay, you will get the Q&A, but you won't get this special bonus, which is the best resource I've ever made for sequencing around Vedic astrology. It's a resource actually from the Astrology for Yogi's course that could be helpful for you if you want to build your classes and sequences around Vedic astrology. To just kind of everybody always tells me it's so vast, and they feel like they can never learn all that, they can never hold all of that into their head. And I've made this resource. So that you don't have to—it's like a a cheat sheet, if you Um, will—and so in the masterclass, we'll talk over um, the very basics of Vedic astrology and how you can apply that to your classes. That's why it's—it's really geared towards yoga teachers. Um, It's—it's more about sequencing. So maybe you sequence your home practice. Maybe you don't teach and you have a home practice and you want to figure out how to align with these energies more in your practice it could be useful for that but it is geared towards yoga teachers and towards like people have told me often that class planning is such a hurdle for them that they either spend hours and hours that you're not getting paid for usually usually you're only getting paid for when you show up and teach Um, so we all want to deliver these classes to our students that land right on time that connect to them in a soulful way and soulful inspiring way and what I hear from people is either they class plan and it takes them forever and it just feels like too much and it's hard to like avoid trying to teach everything you know and boil things down into a simple and cohesive message like people are like how do I incorporate the dharma talk like what do I say to make the philosophy land in my class these kind of things or people are like bump that that's way too much and then I get to class and I have this huge plan and the people that show up are different so I just quit planning and just started teaching to people that are in my class but then that leaves something to be desired because if you don't have a cohesive theme going in that you can adapt to the people in front of you uh your classes are going to lack that depth and and maybe in some situations that's okay like I hear people say That In gym yoga, they don't care about that, but I'm here to tell you that's a myth. Um, As a person who kind of got my start in gym yoga, and if it wasn't for gym yoga, I would have never been introduced to all of this that I do now, which is why I still teach in the gym. You can listen to my story on the first episode of The Science of Light if you want to hear more about that. But I'm here to tell you that's a myth. I'm here to tell you people are spiritual, whether you encounter them at the gym or at a fancy bougie yoga studio. And if you are able to distill the message in a way that doesn't feel hoity-toity or like too spiritually lofty, like what I call an upper chakra or a vada imbalance, that it lands in a grounded way, that's what this workshop will help you with. So that you can plan your classes using astrology. So it's there's going to be a little bit of basics of astrology in there, but more practical applications of how you can use astrology without having to be an astrologer or without having to memorize all this vastness. That's what the show up live bonus cheat sheet will be for how you can use this stuff to create a clear message that you can still tailor to the people in front of you so that you have a more succinct and cohesive plan and a sort of side effect of learning this stuff and applying it to your approach to teaching is you get your personal practice back because I don't know about you, but it used to be for me and what I still hear from people is it's hard to shut off that teacher brain. And so anytime you're practicing yoga, either in your house or going to another teacher's class, your brain is only on applying it to your teaching. And I think when you learn these techniques to sequence and create your class plans more efficiently, and Vedic astrology is the tool to do that, you get your personal practice back and you get to fill your own soul's cup, which is perfect for this new moon. So I hope you'll join us, it's free. Go to yogiscopes.com slash masterclass to register. That's all you have to do is just sign up there. Add your name to the list so you get emailed the Zoom link. And yeah, and I'll see you there. Hopefully, if not, you'll get the recording afterwards. And you're also more than welcome to email me your questions in advance. If you can't make it, you just reply to any of the emails. You get about it. every single email you get from Yogiscopes. If you reply to it, it comes directly. Like, it pops up on my phone. So that's how you get in touch with me if you want to. Um, yeah, so I hope to see you there. I hope you have a beautiful and blessed full, or sorry, new moon. And we'll talk, be back to talk about, um, the Virgo and Pisces axis, which is, you know, in the upcoming eclipse season, which I alluded to, but didn't quite get to talk about. So please remember to keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars and stay in the light until next time, friends.